What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast, episode 25, The Quarter Life. My name is Christian Brady. I'm here in Clemson, South Carolina, as is Matt Tiart, my co-host. Matt, how are you? Bang, sponsor us. Uh, yeah. I'm good. Uh, full disclosure, I've never had a never had a bang before, but I promise I will if you sponsor me. So if you're looking for some business, and we're, we're a pretty cheap hire. Like a pina colada. <laughs> um, so when my friends drink beer, um, I grab a pina colada bang so I can open a cold one with the boys. Yeah. I'm so kind of going in the opposite direction. Like, yeah. 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 Um, I wanted to mention this before, but I figured I would let our fans in on this. I went back and I was making fun of Khabib today for his accent. And my roommate Thomas was like, man, that's a pretty good accent, like a Russian accent. And I was like, you know, who has a great Russian accent. It's Christian <laughs> Brady. And I played him that you having the dream, like a Smeskov's mom. Um, and if you haven't, if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to go back and listen to all our episodes. It was like episodes. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I don't know why, but I got on this, like, it was like 30 minutes of me just listening to the first five minutes of our episodes. And like, it went from Shmestikov's mom, that dream you had to me proposing to Emma, to mm. Emma, like leaving the next week. And then me like ranting about why everyone gets on my case that I drink almond milk and my coffee. Oh yeah. And yeah. like, I was, it was just, I was dying. I was like in tears at like the conversations we would have to start episodes. And I, I missed that. I was like, I missed the old podcast days. Yeah, I know. Being Christian, like we would just talk life on the Google podcast and everybody was probably thinking, what are these kids doing? Why do they have a podcast? But yeah, well, first of all, we have to get back in person eventually. We don't know how we're going to do it yet, but eventually we have to because. It just makes it that much better. But also, Matt, what does it say about us that the best parts of our podcast are the parts where we don't talk at all about hockey? Yeah. Yeah, we talk about uh, – because I, I was like, almond milk, it makes my stomach feel better and it's good for the environment. And you were like, what? Is it good for the environment? And I was like, I have no clue. Actually, yeah, I don't know. it's not good for the environment. Um, oh, well, there you go. Kirsten told me it's like the worst um, – cow milk alternative because it takes it the almond takes in so much water so but okay. it's good i don't care <laughs> it's good for your stomach that's all that matters yeah yeah exactly i'm drinking your coffee and, yeah. Uh, yeah all right let's get that all right we're ready to go okay doc we got emmerich. the weird story out of the way doc emmerich announces on instagram that he has retired from on-air commentary he'll continue to make content for nhl on nbc doing his patented video essays that he does where someone else throws together like a montage and he gives his famous doc. I mean, that's really what it is. is an essay is it's his account of what's going on in the world of hockey. So those are great, but a long 50 plus year career for doc Emmerich comes to an end. Um, he's a legend. There's no other way to say it. I think one day he'll be in the NHL hall of, in the hockey hall of fame as he deserves to be. Uh, just an unbelievable ambassador, and he makes every single game more exciting. So he will be missed. Yes. Um, legend is an understatement. The amount of outpouring 
from of support and just absolute respect that this man has uh, garnered over the past few weeks um, from NHL players to play-by-play announcers that say they wish they could be like him. Um, to, I mean, to us, of we're just starting out our broadcasting careers, and we know that even if we reach the pinnacle of the sport, we will never be close to what this man has accomplished. He is the goat of play-by-play. Um, I saw he called like 22 Stanley Cup finals, like 47 game sevens. Uh, this His resume will be untouched. He's like the Wayne so the Vancouver Olympics. Yeah. Well, the Olympics for years in a row. Uh, where he had some of his most famous calls on there. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Um, whoever has to step into that NHL on NBC shoe. Good luck. Um, yeah, good luck. You're, you have a lot on your plate. Um, I think it's the right time. I'm, I'm excited. What's cool is I had a – my professor from last semester emailed me the article that Doc was retiring. And he said, like, when a legend retires, there's always room at the top. Um, I just, when I saw this article, I thought of you and I was like, that's so cool that teachers are remembering because we, nobody knows we have a hockey team. So me and you are trying to, to build the brand essentially. And it's just cool that people are thinking of us when things like this happen. So, uh, shout out to, to my old corporate com professor, Mark, Mm. what's up? Um, anyway, the, no one, no one will ever do better than doc. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got. Goat. Yeah, me, me too. Yeah, definitely. But we won't be seeing the last of them. Like I said, it'll release those videos every now and then. Um, and it'll always be a treat. I love watching those. I'll listen to anything Doc has to say. So we'll leave it at that. There's always a moment that in your professional sports, like fandom, that an announcer either makes or breaks the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopey save will always be engraved in every Caps fan's mind. Oh, and it didn't go! Like, forever. So forever. Famous. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, ha- I'm happy that for that, like, for that championship, that it was Doc Emmerich that got the call on on that one. Yeah, and he, ne- he never missed. He never missed. Yeah. Okay. 2021 World Juniors. Schedule has been released. Um. I hadn't really thought about it until right now, but good thing it's happening. It will start on Christmas Day with U.S. versus Russia being the first game. Um, it'll be in the Edmonton bubble, as the NHL was uh, for the East, the Western Conference, as well as the conference finals and finals. Same bubble format where they stay in the hotel and, you know, all the infrastructure is already set up, so it should be seamless for them. But yeah. that's exciting. We got more hockey to watch. It'll be the only hockey happening at that time, as we've learned, unless the NHL can rush their start date. Um, So that'll be great. I know I'm excited for that. And because it's on the West Coast this year instead of in Europe, uh, there'll be reasonable times for us United States fans to watch a game. So finally, it it should be a lot of fun. I know usually you find yourself waking up at 6 a.m. to catch a good game because they're playing in Switzerland or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Usually the World Juniors, it's – uh, we always get matched up with Canada in the semifinals and they beat us in overtime. And I, I'm just so happy that I got up at three 30 in the morning to watch us lose. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I'm excited. Um, I we've 
talked about um, finally NHL players get to play in the Olympics again. This is just the next level of talent, and I'm excited to see um, what what USA brings to the table. I think us versus Russia on Christmas Day. Russia, yeah, Russia on Christmas Day is is going to be electric. Um, yeah, and the World Juniors is our best opportunity as hockey fans to get a look at the next wave of talent. Yep. Uh, with hockey juniors being so spread out, I use juniors loosely because if there's college hockey, um, a lot of guys like Austin Matthews are opting to stay in Europe or go over to Europe uh, to play with the men over there. So there really is no way to get a compact look at all the best talent in hockey that is not in the NHL until you get to the World Juniors. So that's the best part about it, I think. And always it's always fun when the younger guys going over and play in the tournament, the guys who are in the NHL and make a splash as young kids who are under 20 years old. I would expect that to be multiplied by 10 this year because there are obviously a lot of guys under 20 that we know of, but they have full-time jobs on NHL teams, so they don't leave during the middle of the season. Now we're in a situation where a lot of those guys are not going to have any commitments with their team. So they can go over and play. So I would, and they want I would to... imagine that Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, yep. Dominic Kubelik, these types of guys will be over there if they're under 20 because that's the highest level of hockey that they will be able to play at that time. And that's – you stole the words out of my mouth. Those young guys like Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes, they want to stay in shape. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to get into it um, later down the line in the offseason, but these there's some guys that are that are – playing in, like you said, Austin Matthews, playing in Europe, playing in Sweden leagues, playing in KHL or whatever it is to stay in shape. And I think playing for your country in a world juniors that is going to be, that have probably have the most eyes it's ever had on it because people miss hockey. Um, it's an unbelievable time to be a hockey fan. So it's going to be awesome. And I, the last time that USA won the gold, I think it was 17. Um, we beat Canada in overtime to win the gold. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was cool to see because USA Twitter um, was lighting it up. I mean, it was, it's just, it's cool to see like in that moment, even in the juniors, our country rally around a team like that. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. Oh, like I was saying before, just to wrap up that point, um, basketball, football, they're all compacted. All the young talent is compacted into college. So we get to get a look at them playing against each other. Um, with hockey, you don't really hear about a lot of these guys unless they're generational talents until after the World Juniors. So yeah. being able to watch the World Juniors is getting a head start on who is going to do something in the league. I mean, Lafreniere was sort of that generational, like Connor McDavid type, where you hear about him no matter what because of how skilled he is. But then we saw him play for Canada in the World Juniors and immediately knew that he was a force to be reckoned with. So it's an important part of hockey, the World Juniors. So I'm glad. Yeah. The name that comes to mind for me is Carter Hart. Everybody, I mean, if you mm. watched hockey, you knew who Carter Hart was. But the way he showed up in the World Juniors for Canada was huge. It was huge for his name. And uh, obviously he's translated that in, into the one seed in the playoffs for the Philadelphia Flyers. So yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, the guys that you kind of heard of, you really see what they're made of in the World Juniors. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, speaking of guys looking to stay in shape, Joe Thornton is one of those guys. 
he is currently playing for free in Switzerland for HC Davos, Hockey Club Davos. Um, and once he finishes up there, he will ship on out to Toronto, where he has signed a one-year deal with the Maple Leafs. He's 41 years old, and I don't know how much money he signed for, but I know it wasn't a lot because Toronto has nothing. Yeah, um, he's going to wear – this is the this is something I saw on Twitter that just puts this into perspective. We're going from young guys, world juniors, to – this dinosaur of a hockey player. I, I love Joe Thornton. Obviously you do too. too. Former captain yeah. of the Bruins. Um, he's going to wear n- number 97 for Toronto because that's the year he was drafted. Whereas McDavid <laughs> wears 97 because that's the year he was born. I mean, just to put that into perspective, <laughs> he was, I'm pretty sure the number two overall pick in 1997 freaking dinosaur. And he still got it. Um, so I'm I'm happy. I'm glad glad he's back. Uh, he put out a video that was like I'm back, kind of like MJ talked about it a little bit before the show. Um, I don't know if he's like MJ esque, but it's cool. Yeah, I don't think so. Welcome back. One thing one thing that he is alike with MJ in is his constant being in the spotlight is not really the word for it. How interesting of a guy he is. And how he continues to surprise us with his weirdness. Yeah. He, um, there's a story going around. The day he signed for HC Davos to play for free, by the way, they're not paying him a single dime to play for them. Um, he was spotted in his Switzerland driveway shoveling without a shirt on because there was snow on the ground and he wasn't wearing a shirt while he shoveled. So, I mean, he's just a freak of nature. He's a once in a lifetime human being. So I'm glad we get to enjoy, enjoy him for a little longer. Um, but yeah, that's Jumbo. As a as a Joe Thornton, as someone who wants to see him win a cup, um, because we talked about it when the playoffs uh, or when the bubble kicked back in, that we wanted to see him um, sign with a team that was had a really good chance. We were saying that he could sign with Boston um, and like win the cup with his his old team. Um, this sucks. I, I don't think Toronto's going to win the cup next year. I want to see him go to a, a team that has a shot. Yeah. Watch me this going to come back to bite me because we trash Tampa all regular season and then they win the Stanley cup. So Toronto's going to blow everyone out of the water next year. Yeah. I really don't think they will, but yeah, we could kind of see it coming. I mean, this is when this whole narrative started with us of, saying something and immediately knowing it was going to backfire on us was talking about Tampa. We knew that they were like unbelievable on any second they were going to turn it around. Yeah. Um, talking I about. I don't feel that with Toronto. The Islanders went on a 16 point streak. It was like the longest since they won the cup. And that day we talked about it. They lost like what, what are the odds? Well, 50, yeah, 50, I, I guess either it happens or it doesn't, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Other notable signings other than Joe Thornton. The Ottawa Senators signed Evgeny Dabnov to a three-year $15 million contract. That's $5 million AAV for some much-needed reinforcements in Ottawa. They had a – I don't know if they had a good offseason. They definitely had a notable one, uh, signing Matt Murray, uh, now Dabnov, others that I don't have right in front of me, but – you know, you're hearing Ottawa a lot in this offseason, um, buying out Bobby Ryan's contract. So they've definitely been active. 
but I still think it's a hellhole. I think you send guys to a black hole when you send them to Ottawa. Um, it's kind of like we're talking about the New York Jets and how if they get the number one pick, nobody wants Trevor Lawrence to go because it's like he's just signing himself a death warrant. That's how I feel for anybody who goes to Ottawa right now. I was going to ask you, have you heard the narrative that everyone's going to try to convince Trevor to come back if the Jets get the one pick? I don't think, uh, just to switch to Clemson, because we go to Clemson, um, I think Trevor's already gone because I think, he's gonna I, go think anyway. he, I think he wanted to stay and Dabo talked him out of it because he's guaranteed a $30 million signing bonus. Um, anyway, back to hockey. I agree with you. Ottawa, if there's any team we don't give enough trash to, it's the Ottawa Senators. Um, Matt Murray's career is over. Um, yeah. Apparently so is Evgeny Dadunov's career. This he's an is, older guy too. Um, they just need to replace Ottawa with some AHL team and give them a shot, like regulate them, relegate them to the AHL because that's that's how bad their organization is. Yeah, well, what they have to do is move Ottawa to Hartford again and they get the Whalers. That's what I want to see. But they're never going to do that. They're going to keep them out in the boondocks of Ontario, which is literally an hour away from Ottawa where nobody is, so nobody goes to the game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, an owner gets a team in probably the best market on earth to have a hockey team, and he decides to move it away from there. So you're called the Ottawa Senators, but you're not anywhere close to Ottawa. Yeah, it's only the capital of the country that invented the sport. Like, yeah, it's it figured it out. It'd be like if the Charlotte Hornets decided to put their team in, I don't even want to say Spartanburg. Like they put them in what? Asheville. <laughs> yeah. Upstate South Carolina where there are no people and still call themselves Charlotte because it's an hour away, but there's absolutely no reason for the, them to be out there. It's the exact same thing. You have yourself an unbelievable, perfect situation to situate a hockey team and then you don't take advantage of it. I just don't understand the reasoning behind well, it. Well, you're trying to you're trying to justify the decisions made by the dumpster fire that is the organization mm-hmm. of Ottawa Center. Exactly. Exactly. But okay, let's move on. The Pittsburgh Penguins signed Cody CC to a one year one point five two five million dollar contract. Uh, he was probably one of the worst defensemen on <laughs> Toronto this year. But he's not bad. He's not bad. He's good. Um, so that'll at least help their lineup. <laughs> the word that came to mind for me is consistent. Um, he's not great, but you hear his name enough to know that he's he he makes waves. I think this is a good yeah. sign, Pittsburgh. I think a change of scenery will be good for Cody CC. He's he's a solid player, obviously, um, and that's big because they lost Justin Schultz to the Capitals. Mm-hmm. Um, so they need, they need a second line, a good solid second line pairing. And I think that's where he'll be. So, um, I mean, good for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. And the last one, another Cody, Cody Eakin signs in Buffalo for two years, $4.5 million. Uh, that's 2.25 AAV. He will play with Jack Eichel and now Taylor, Taylor Hall. Yeah. So that should be fun to watch. Cody Eakin is a special player. So Cody Eakin, um, this is like his seventh team in a year and a half. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I'm exaggerating, but 
he started out as a Caps prospect, one of the best, and then he went to Dallas, and then he went to Vegas, and then he went to Winnipeg, and now he's uh, in Buffalo. So uh, I'm excited to see him get back to the old Cody Eakin because his his stock when he was a prospect was through the roof. I mean, this guy's potential is unbelievable. That's he's what so young too. That's what Dallas saw in him. That's what Vegas saw uh, in him. Um, I mean, he was a first line center before William Carlson scored a hundred goals that season. So, um, I mean, good for him. I'm, I'm excited to see where, uh, where this team takes him. And I'm I, actually excited for this team to get some talent yeah. around Jack Eichel um, and to see Taylor Hall get back to the way Taylor Hall used to play hockey, which is uh heart trophy level. So definitely the biggest question mark going into next season is how, Buffalo will perform. Obviously, Taylor Hall has put a lot of stock into the fact that he thinks that they're a winning team. So do we trust him or do we trust, you know, last year they went on a tear out of the gate and then fell off. And it just felt like we were going to see that forever until Jack Eichel retires, which would be a shame. So So it looks like hopefully they're, yeah. It looks like the first line is going to be Skinner, Eichel, Hall. Um, Skinner making the move from Carolina to Buffalo a couple years ago was huge for his career. So that first line and now adding Cody Eakin probably on the second line and the second yeah, power play. Center on the second line. Um, that, that's big for Buffalo, especially on the, on the um, special teams. So yeah, um, before we move away from free agency, I have an article pulled up NHL.com just listing the remaining unrestricted free agents. Um, Sedano Chara, but you are pretty confident that he's going to resign or retire. Yeah. Uh, it's 50, 50. If he doesn't with that resign. Being said, yeah. Without being said, I don't think that if he retires, it'll be 100% his decision. I think it's possible that the Bruins are forcing him out. However, I find it highly unlikely that if he is willing to sign with somebody that he signs with anybody with Boston. Okay. Um, he could resign with Ottawa, who drafted him a thousand yeah. years ago. <laughs> Please no. Um, Alex Galchenyuk, who we actually we talked about when um, he was traded on my birthday from Pittsburgh to Minnesota. That's uh, right. It seemed like Minnesota was was taking the year off and and looking towards the future, and this was a guy who they traded. Um, Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name now. Like as soon as I needed it to come out. Who's the guy on Pittsburgh that they traded uh, Galchenyuk for? Oh man, I know it too. Zucker. Yes, Jason Zucker. Yeah. Um, so and Zucker was huge in Minnesota. So mm-hmm. it looked like they were looking towards the future. And now he's a UFA and they haven't signed him. Like what's going on here? Um, right that it's also a little weird that no one has picked him up. If he's a UFA, there's no rights or red tape to go through either. Um, I'm assuming that teams have offered him numbers and he thinks they're too low. It's probably the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikel Granlin, who made a name for himself in Minnesota. And then he was in Nashville. Um, my friend from high school, Eric absolutely hates him because he's a Blackhawks fan and he always made life trouble troubling for the Blackhawks. Um, he's a UFA. Ilya Kovalchuk uh, is a UFA 
I'm assuming uh, someone's going to pick him up. Um, I'm assuming nobody is, to be honest. I don't think he plays for the NHL next year. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think, I mean, he played for pennies on the dollar in yeah. Montreal and and scored some pretty big goals and then went to the Capitals um, just because we wanted somebody, you know, on the third line for the playoffs. But um, anyway, yeah. I, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if no one picked him up. Yeah. Yeah, and it wouldn't shock me if he signed either, but I'm just running off the assumption that He's playing in Russia or nowhere this year. Um, and then the big one to both of us is Mike Hoffman. Um, he's a pretty big name. He's always consistent. Um, he played for Florida. Um, wasn't he? Look. Yeah, he was like a third liner, but he was huge on the penalty kill. I feel like someone yeah. should pick him up as well. Yeah, he's a 25-30 goal scorer, too. So, he's definitely a second, third line asset for probably 20 out of 30 teams in the league, 20 out of 31 teams. Yeah, he scored 59 points. He was a 29-30 and 30 point scorer. So, I, right. I feel like – In a 70-game season. So I think the, the factor would be probably money um, is keeping him from signing. It's probably the same with Galchenia. So – Definitely. Right, Both that, of those guys will land by the end of the offseason. Those are the remaining UFA, the big ones anyway. Okay. So we have some rumors, Matt, for the 2021 season. Vegas Golden Knights owner Bill Foley has given an interview in which he said he doesn't think the season will start until February 1st. As of now, Gary Bettman has identified January 1st as the target date to start the season. But Foley thinks it won't happen until at least a month after that. He says it'll probably be less than 60 games. And the most important part of this article to me was he said, my team, other teams in this league, not afford to play without fans in the stand. He said, this is all contingent upon when and how many fans will be able to attend the games because otherwise the franchises can't survive without them. So that's a little bit scary. Um, having to rely on a very unpredictable pandemic to subside in order for the NHL season to go on. It doesn't make me feel good about the prospect of seeing hockey next year, but I think we will. Uh, I'm just hoping that fans can get in the stand safely and in a reasonable amount because otherwise it doesn't look like they'll have a season. If there is a commissioner that I believe in, in the major four sports, it's Batman. Um, it's weird that I say that because we trash him a lot, but well, it's a quick turnaround because we only didn't like him because of one reason, and then he fixed it. So yeah, I just <laughs> he's think on our good side. It's, it's, it's a tradition to boo the commissioner, but um, the way he handled the bubble, the way he handled testing, the way he handled uh, to get the new CBA done under these conditions, it's it's unbelievable. Um, I just don't think he gets enough credit for everything he was able to accomplish during all this. So. With that being said, if there's anybody who can figure this out to have a season next year, it, it, I think it would be him because Manfred handled baseball horribly and nobody likes Roger Goodell. So, um, and Goodell has made some serious mistakes in setting up the NFL. Season. Yeah. Anyway, basically, so, basically pretending like COVID wasn't going to happen, like wasn't going to ruin any game. 
So that's my argument. That's my response to that is I, I believe in Bettman and I think we'll have a season regardless. And I just hope that this, we get back to somewhat normalcy. Um, so we can have fan. My dad, I mean, my dad already renewed season tickets. So we're going to, we're going to see how that plays out. I'm pretty sure the last comment I want to make is I'm pretty sure Ottawa would be fine with full capacity. So. Yeah. It's like the Dolphins where they, Governor DeSantis in Florida said um, stadiums can fill the full capacity. And people are like, well, Dolphins never get more than 20% anyway, so they, they might as well just let them. Well, how about Florida and Dan Mullen like saying, let's get more fans in the stands, and then he tests positive for COVID like the next day. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So we've been meaning to talk about awards for a while, but they have all been announced. Uh, over the course of the end of the season. So why don't we just get right get into Get ready for some we'll rights. Yeah, we'll start with the Ted Lindsay Award, which is the MVP as voted on by the NHLPA. The finalists were Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, and Artemi Panarin. And Leon Dreisaitl took it home, obviously. Knew this was going to happen. But um, actually, before we get that, sorry to cut you off immediately. Go ahead. <laughs> I will announce the hard trophy at the same time. Same three um, nominees, same winner, Leon Dreisaitl. So he's the MVP unanimously across the league. Go ahead. Um, this not shocking. We knew this was coming. Um, it's weird to say, but I, I think the Ted Lindsay is more prestigious than the hard, just because the players are the ones that vote. Um that's why we see McDavid usually win this every year. Uh, good for Dreisaitl. I mean, talk about putting Germany on the map for hockey. Uh, this guy is sing- not single-handedly, but he's like what uh, Landon Donovan did for soccer in America mm-hmm. to Germany in hockey. I mean, Germany is now on the map, and they have some star players. So. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for them as a country to get into the best sport in the world um, and, and good for dry settle. I mean, it's awesome that unanimous best player in the league is on his team and he gets to look at him and be like, what's up? Like I'm better. Yeah, I'm the winner now. Yeah. And he's on the second line too. Unbelievable. Yeah. He only scored a thousand points on the second line this year. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, he had 112 in what? 68 games. That's, like that. uh, that's absurd. Which, if I'm doing the math right, means he was on pace for like 255 points or something like that. So no, no, you're not doing the math right. But yeah. well, I'm a column major. <laughs> okay, color trophy, rookie of the year. Nominees were Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, and Dominic Kubalik. Uh, at the end of the year, there was sort of a race between Hughes and Kale McCarr. Hughes looked like he was catching up, but Kale McCarr takes it home. Um, I think I picked Quinn Hughes, but honestly, you can't go wrong with either of those two guys. And you can't go wrong with Kubelik either. He scored 30 goals this year. Uh, but all three are exciting for the future of the league. Uh, Kale McCarr, UMass kid, got to represent Hockey East. But he is not an American, which is sad, but that's okay. Matt, I know you're an avalanche connoisseur, so I want to hear what you think about this. All right, so I actually I pulled up the notes. Um. From December 23rd, the Hart Trophy winner, you pick McDavid. 
I pick McDavid, but I wanted Dreisaitl. I made sure to put that. Um, and then Calder, we both picked Kale, so we were both right. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, he won it in November. The kid's unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. Quinn Hughes definitely made a run, and Kubelik made both of us eat our words in his playoff debut, breaking the playoff debut record for points. Um, we're like, who is this guy? Never heard of him. Five to be points. Fair, there was absolutely no reason to watch the Blackhawks until that game. So I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit on that one. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, the fact that we said never heard of this kid and then he scores five points made me made me believe that he, he watched our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's no shock. Kel McCarr is – he's going to light up this league and he's going to win probably several Norris's by the times he hangs up the skates. So, Yep. Agreed. Okay, Jack Adams Award. Bruce Cat, which is the best coach. Bruce Cassidy of Boston, John Tortorella of Columbus, and Elaine Vigneault of Philadelphia. Bruce Cassidy wins. I think any of those guys could have taken it, but Bruce Cassidy had the shortened season, one of the best team in the regular season. So that's all um, I got. I mean, I love Bruce Cassidy. I think he's done amazing things for the um, for the Bruins. We haven't missed a playoff since he stepped to the helm. So I love him. I can't wait for the future of the Bruins under his management. Uh, no shock. I wish the the first part of the bubble um, would have been considered. I think Vigneault would have won it in that case. Yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not upset. But deserving-wise, I don't think anyone picked the Blue Jackets to even be close to the playoffs, and they, they knocked out Toronto. So I would have liked to have seen Tortorella win it as well. But again, the fact that you guys lost the cup last year and then to just absolutely dominate the league in the regular season this year um, says a lot. So uh, very deserving. All three were deserving of it. And um, again, I'm not upset that Bruce Cassidy took it home. Yeah. Okay. The next two awards we talked about last episode, but uh, we or two episodes ago, but we might as well just mention it. The Masterson Trophy for Perseverance, Sportsmanship, and Dedication. Stephen Jones, Oscar Lindblom, and Bobby Ryan all were nominated for that. And Bobby Ryan took it home, gave an incredible speech. Go listen to our last episode. We talked about it. Um, Bobby Ryan definitely deserved it after the mental health, substance abuse, all the stuff he went through. He's been able to overcome it and just signed a new deal in Detroit. So hopefully he can prove that he is the talented hockey player, the talented forward that it used to be. So I'm excited to watch Bobby Ryan in the future. Yep. No more thoughts. Um, go listen to the, my, our last episode. I talk a little bit about it when we talk about his contract and then the episode where we talk about him winning it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, me and, and guys that deal with mental health, same reason Tyson Fury is my favorite boxer, mm-hmm. same reason I root for this guy um, with all my heart. So no more thoughts other than I'm pumped to see where the future takes him. Me too. Okay. The Lady Bing, the gentlemanly award. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon, Austin Matthews, and Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, can't name three guys to represent the league better than those three. Nathan McKinnon takes it home. Uh, he's the best. He's funny, great personality online. Um, if you see, there's a video that I think of when I think of this award for him. Um, and I know we talked about this before, so I don't want to spend too much time. 
but there's a TMZ video of him signing autographs outside his hotel. Uh, and the guy walks up to him with his phone camera or whatever, like TMZ reporters do. <clears throat> and he was like, TMZ, why you, like, I'm not famous enough for TMZ. Maybe talk to me in a few years. So like, that's just a perfect, you know, it's just funny. Um, it's perfect gentlemanly conduct at the highest level of play. That is Nathan McKinnon. So he definitely deserves this award. And I love me some Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, I don't think we talk about Nathan McKinnon enough. Um, and we talk about him every episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to win a heart. He's so close. He's going to win a heart before he hangs it up. Hopefully he wins a cup. Before he's going to win a cup too, yeah. Because that team is so young and so freaking talented. Um, I can't think of anyone other than McDavid that would exemplify hockey as a whole better than he does. Um, so good, good for him. It's kind of like, and we talk about this every episode as well. Um, Gretzky saying, are you kidding me? You're going to pay me that much to play hockey. It's kind of like that where it's like, this guy is a heart contender every year. And he's like, I'm not famous enough to, to be on TMZ. Like he just wants to play hockey. Um, so I, I love it. I'm glad he won it. Also, anybody famous enough to be on TMZ, TMZ is trash. So he's wrong, first of all. Maybe deduct some points for him being stupid for that sake. But, but either way, it shows his humility. Okay, the Vezina Trophy. This might have been the most surprising of, the, of all the awards. Connor Hellebuck, Tuka Rask, and Andre Veseleski were the three nominated. And Connor Hellebuck was the one to win, who I – the bottom of my heart, I believe, is the third best goalie on that list of three goalies. That's not to say he doesn't deserve it. He's probably the third best goalie in the league. But to be honest with you, I just don't think that he was the best goalie this year. So we understand. Not to be a homer, because you know that I'm not happy with Tukaras at the moment. But I really, with all my heart, believe that Tukaras was the best goalie this year. In the regular season, and Andre Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world right now. So I don't know how they arrived upon that decision. Um, so on December 23rd, uh, happy birthday to my brother. Um, you picked Tuca and I picked Darcy Kemper. Uh, Darcy Kemper, had he not gotten hurt, would have won this thing in a landslide. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, he, I agree with you. He's the third best goalie in the list. But with that being said, it's about damn time that Connor Hellyabuck gets some credit for how consistent yeah. he's been for Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg is consistently making the playoffs and he is the biggest factor. Um, I, so I'm excited for him. I, Vasilevsky and Tuka, don't they both have Vesnas? or. Yeah. So it's like, it's not that big of a blow to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas Definitely. this finally solidifies Connor Hellyabuck as a top goalie in the league because he's consistently overlooked in that aspect. So um that's why I'm happy with the results. It's just because it's someone like that who gets overlooked all the time, finally gets credit for how consistent he's been. It's kind of like yeah. when Pecorine finally won the Vesna. It's like this guy's been doing it forever. So Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. And I agree with you with everything you just said. No hate no hate to Connor Hellebuck. Congratulations. The Selfie Trophy, the best two way for uh, the perennial contenders, Patrice Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly, they were nominated with Sean Couturier, but Sean Couturier takes it home, the Philly forward. He deserved it. I mean, this is one of those things where you can't decide on a winner. You really have to watch every game. 
of every single, each one of these guys to understand who's going to be the winner. So I trust that they pick the right guy. I mean, I know he has a reputation of being a strong two-way forward, so good for him. Um, same exact argument as the last one. Uh, Bergeron's won it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Um, so give it to someone else. And Ryan O'Reilly, same thing. He's been he's been a finalist for like six years in a row. So yeah, Patrice Bergeron this year actually broke the record for the most um, Selkie nominations. So that in in itself is an award. So you can give the real award to Sean Couturier. Okay, last one on our list, the Norris Trophy. And I know we're going to talk about our predictions on December 23rd for this one. We both believe that John Carlson had taken this award and flown to the moon with it on December 23rd. Um, But then maybe he hurt his ankle a little bit and he ballooned back down to earth because Victor Hedman and Roman Yossi, who were his other nominees, Roman Yossi ended up taking home the award in Nashville. Um, Matt, I'm going to let you rant because I know you're upset. So I'm just going to let you get it. If this is a bubble only award, Victor Hedman wins it in a landslide. Victor Uh, Hedman's the best player in the world right now. If this is uh, for charity, then it should go to Roman Yossi. And if it's an actual award for best defenseman, then it goes to John Carlson. What he did this regular season, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been close. And I made a bold hot take that if anyone other than Carlson robs him of the Norris trophy, that I will never watch hockey again. Uh, Obviously I'm not going to stick to that because it was an absolute robbery that Roman Yossi, I mean, before it was announced, I'm pretty sure Roman Yossi was like plus 600 to win it. That's how confident Vegas was that, it was a runaway from Carlson. It's unbelievable. They should do away with this award because the voters did not watch hockey this year since they didn't pick John Carlson. Un- unbelievable. I mean, I called you once they announced it, and I was like, well, I'm never watching hockey again. Yeah, you were despondent. You called me after this. You were very upset. Yeah, I could I mean, rant for 20 more minutes, but that, that's where I'm going to leave it at. Is I don't know what the voters were watching, but it wasn't hockey. Yeah, I honestly agree with you. Um, as much as I've talked about how John Carlson is overrated on this podcast and we've had our arguments about this, uh, he was the best defenseman this year. And I, I honestly don't even think it was, it was probably closer for, like, for Victor Hedman than it was for Roman Yossi. Uh, Carlson didn't have as good of a first, a second half of the season as a first, but he also, if he had as good a second half as he did the first half, he would have had probably the most points of any defenseman ever. So I don't understand what the expectations were. I don't think he lost the award in the second half, and I don't think that Roman Yossi won it. The only thing is I know Yossi led his team in points, um, and Nashville snuck into – did they make the playoffs? They snuck into the playoff picture, at least by the end of, the, by the end of uh, February, basically all on his back. I don't know if that qualifies him to win it. Um, Carlson doesn't have a Norris yet, does he? No. This would have been the perfect time to get him his Norris, like you talked about all episode, but I guess it wasn't meant to be. Um, it wasn't meant to be. He was only fourth in points, not for defensemen, for all NHL play, or fourth in assist, and he was like top 15 in points for all NHL players, and he yeah. led defensemen in points, and it wasn't even close, people. It, unbelievable. 
Yeah. Uh, I really don't have anything to say. I think Carlson's just also uh, Roman Yossi. He played. He played really well in the first round when they got upset by Arizona, an 11th seed. So yeah, I didn't even. Re- I didn't even remember that. That's how unnotable their playoff performance. Oh, and Carlson didn't play against the Islanders. Otherwise, we probably would have. Yeah. Not lost in five. So. Whatever. Whatever. All right. That's all I got for today, Matt. Do you have anything else? No, I'm going to punch my wall or something thinking about yeah, it. We got to calm you down before I let you get off the phone. So, what else can we talk about? Let's uh, talk about the 2021 season. When do you think it's going to start? This is kind of fun for us to guess. So, I want, I want to talk. Oh, you know what we haven't talked about? Sorry. Go ahead. I saw this on Instagram. There is a possible redrawing of division lines for next year in order to account for the risks that travel poses for each team. They won't be able to do a bubble because they'll have all all 31 teams. Each team has to have fans in their arena to survive, as we talked about, but they honestly have to be at home anyways. Uh, just because you can't ask guys to go away for 60 games again after they just went away. So definitely they have to be in their own arenas this year. So with a possible travel ban to Canada being re-administered as the U.S. tries to deal with COVID, there are talks that the Canada will go into their own division and play in a Canadian division where they just travel east and west coast. Um, There would be a northeast division which would be the most competitive division in all of sports. Um, and then I think a North, I guess a West and a South. I, I don't really know. There's probably four divisions. Like a Midwest yeah, division? Like, yeah. Who knows? But let's talk about that Eastern division, Matt, because that would put the Bruins, Penguins, Caps, Sabres, Maple Leafs. I don't no, it wouldn't think be the, the Maple Leafs. Wouldn't be the Maple Leafs. No, sorry, not the Maple Leafs. I don't think the Lightning. Um, It'd be both New York teams. Philly. Rangers, Islanders, Philly. It'd be unbelievable. There's not a single bad team in there. I don't think you could do that because then there would be like 16 teams in one division. I mean, the Atlantic Atlantic is is half Northeastern teams. And then the Metro is both New York teams, Philly, Washington. Um. Carolina, because it would be like Tampa, Florida, Carolina would be in the like South Division. They couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know how really it would work, but I tried to find a picture and I can't get one. But either way, that would definitely be interesting. I'd love to see a Canadian division because those you would like to see like the Toronto and Vancouver and Calgary and Montreal's of the world sort of take up rivalries amongst themselves. They don't really interact a lot. So it, obviously the Battle of Alberta, Edmonton and Calgary makes yeah. for great TV every year. But I think all of us Americans think of those teams synonymously and they probably don't think the same. But to put all the Canadian teams together would definitely make for a good show. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't even know because Canada has been weird when since COVID has started. Like the Blue Jays having to play in Buffalo and mm-hmm. Toronto kind of just saying, sucks to suck, you're on your own. 
Um, and then welcoming hundreds and hundreds of NHL players and staff yeah, <laughs> the, for two months. Yeah, so Canada's been weird since this thing started. Um, but obviously, well, I think they've proven the that they will make. Out. Go ahead. They've proven that they will make exceptions for the NHL, so as they should, because that's probably their number one economy boost. It has to be. Yeah. But either way, that'd be a lot of fun. All of this obviously is not decided on yet. Uh, they're starting to run out of time to get a plan set up, but. Like Bill Foley said, the owner of Vegas, it probably has to do less with the time it takes to plan because they were able to get the bubble plan, which was probably a lot more elaborate. They were able to get that done very quickly. It probably has to do with knowing that they can get fans in the arenas or else they won't be able to do it. So if, if they have to delay the season till March, I think that's what they'll do as long as they can get fans in. Yeah, uh, it's going to be weird. I'm not excited. Um, I know people that are like, uh, once the election's over, this thing's going away. Uh, so hopefully, what it, I don't understand that reasoning. Hopefully they're right, but I don't. Yeah. I don't see how that is even possible. But anyway, this isn't a politics show. So I mean, this virus has underwent has definitely persevered through a lot of things. So I don't think the election will quash this virus like so many things have tried to over these past whatever months. We'll this see. This thing has a mind of its own. So. Um, right, yeah. I know it's a hockey podcast, but uh, Khabib or Gaethje? Khabib. What? I think Khabib's going to win. All right. And that is solely based off of my minimal knowledge of the other guy. Fair enough. And it could be his dad just died. And I want to know if that Tiger won the Open Championship after his dad died. So that's just how it works. So he's going to win the fight after his dad died. Fair enough. All right. All right. Um, go check out my brother's stream. Um, that's right. We're sponsoring him. Technically still sponsor him, I guess. Um, we check need to get out. our logo up in the corner of the screen of that somewhere. Yeah. Um, Beer Money Sports, I'm making a comeback. I don't know when, but hopefully soon because football's back. Uh, Christian will probably be my guest again. Um, you know, I'll talk about it anyway. Our parents who still subscribe to our podcast. Yes. yes. I for don't know some why, reason. But thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. We're going to take that money and go golfing or something. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah that's it i guess that that's the list of announcements yeah that's everything all right man we'll see y'all soon i won't say next week but we'll see y'all soon i'm sure we'll have something to talk about all right peace